Today's sermon is entitled Partnerships. Two are better than one. Partnerships. Two are better than one. So in today's lesson, I want to talk about how in the family business series, we still want to talk about how this business of serving God is relevant to our personal lives. And so in business, every day in business, there are businesses out there that operate as partnerships. Okay. So in these businesses, there are partnerships like an LLC, which is a limited liability corporation. There's an LLP, uh, which is a limited liability partnership. An LP, which is a limited partnership. And a GP, which is a general partnership. Now, I won't be discussing these in detail, but they are worth looking up later. That There are different partnerships that you can um, form your business upon to help you in different ways. I'm going to share with you how these partnerships are used to benefit. Uh, corporations are very, very instrumental uh, in uh, protecting owners or um, leaders in causes. Uh, so we want to talk about how these are all means of helping and doing business with others. So partnerships exist to help you to be able to accomplish what God wants you to do. Tracking? These are, listen, I put this in bold. These are designed to protect the individual from complete liability. Watch this now. So that whenever you align yourself in partnership, you, in essence, remove the total liability and responsibility and accountability uh, and damage control for the single individual. Now, watch this now. So in the family business, God is saying, I want you to serve me, but I want you to be smart enough to learn how to serve me while being protected. Uh, watch this now. There are a lot of people who go out and say they're serving the Lord or doing something for the church and they run in rogue doing it on their own. But let's say they do something and they hurt somebody. Well, bless the name of God. The police may arrest you or a lawyer may call you or you may be served some papers for the damage you caused. Watch this now. In the name of serving the Lord as a Christian. Okay. So we must understand that God has designed his church. This is going to be good. To learn the importance of developing and establishing partnerships uh, 
to help protect us as individuals. Even as a pastor, I must be careful never to portray this church or ministry as my personal business. Uh, Watch this now. I have learned the avenues of setting up the church or the nonprofit entity to be responsible for what the ministry does and not me personally. So the income raised is not the income for me personally. It is the income of the organization. So let's be clear now. People need help. Amen. Can I get a witness there on Instagram? People need help and we must learn to admit this. Now, when you when I said people need help, you thought I was talking about the people we are helping. No, I'm talking about the people who are helping people need help to help people. Are you tracking what I'm saying? I'm saying to you, we must learn to admit as pastors, as leaders, deacons, deaconesses, Uh, you know, food servers, whatever your ministry is, you must be able to admit, I need help doing what God has called me to do. So the benefit is that you must learn that partnerships are given to you by God to your advantage. Instead of trying to be a solo flyer in everything, learn the advantage of partnership. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me go to this next slide and let me show you how the advantages, some advantages of the partnership. Number one, you get double the work output. When you partner with somebody else, it's two people working, not one. Or if you add four or eight, it's 10, 12, it's 30 people working if you add to the team. Secondly, then it's double the strength. It's double the strength. You not only have two arms lifting, but now you have four. The advantage of partnerships, it's double the capacity. It means that then you can hold more. You can handle more people. Uh, If you're just one person trying to counsel a hundred people, you're going to burn out faster. But if you split the hundred between two, then that's one to 50. That's still too many. But I'm just giving you an example that it's double the capacity when we add to the team. And number four, you double the reach and recruitment power. Watch this now. In other words, whenever you are a single individual and you are trying to do it on your own, anything that you recruit is limited to the people you know. But if you add somebody to the team, a partner, now you not only can recruit from the people you know, but now you can recruit people they know. And then if they bring somebody on the team, they can recruit people they know. And so the list goes on that you are able to add, add more, double the reach. You reach more people when you add more to the team. And so why would you minimize yourself and become frustrated with not reaching enough people. So if you have that frustration, and I I can attest to that one myself, that if you feel you aren't reaching enough people, then you may have maxed out on your personal individual ability. 
And what you need to do is establish a partnership with people who can take you to the next level. It may not be a person, but it may be a business or an organization. You may sign an agreement with an organization that has the money, that has the building, that has the resources, that has the volunteers, and you don't have to worry about none of that stuff anymore, but you have partnered with an organization that has what you need. Is anybody tracking with what I'm saying? So I'm encouraging you when we talk about the family business, I'm saying, I put this in bold as well, join the family. You don't have to tackle life on your own. The church is a family, y'all. The church is a network, a conglomeration of people who have given their hearts to God and have said, yes, Lord, I will go. Where you send me, I will go. Where you lead me, I will follow. But God is not calling a bunch of lone rangers to pop up businesses on every corner. It always used to amaze me that you got 10 churches on 10 corners. They got 10 people in each. Why not combine those 10 churches and take the 10 in each and make it 100? Do you know why they don't do that? Because you can't get the 10 leaders to form an amicable partnership on how that leadership will be distributed. We'll talk about that in just a moment. So many believers are trying to figure out a way to do things on their own. And many of them boast. They boast, but it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. I want to hear that. And God don't want to hear that. God does not want you standing around talking about it's just you and Jesus. We are designed to connect with others. I feel the Holy Ghost creeping on me. I feel him coming up my back right now. The body, listen, the body is here to help you. The family is here to help you. That's why the church is set up to help you help others. I'm going to say that again. We come online every week to try to help you help others. It ain't ain't about trying to collect money. I'm trying to build disciples. And you need to understand that is the goal of this ministry. It is not to have numbers online. It is to see the duplication of the gospel from the word in your life to an activeness to where you are able to go out and make disciples yourself. Now, I've got to say this. The body is most helpful when it is healthy. I'm going to say that again. Ain't nobody, the body is not good if it's not healthy. So then what does that mean? If we are the body of Christ, then the body must be fed. I'm trying to lose a little weight. I'm trying to get my my body together. I'm trying to love my body again. Alicia Keys has a little campaign going on. Love your body. You know, but the body must be fed, right? If you're going to love it, feed it. So the body must be fed. So how can you say you're healthy enough to help others and you don't get fed? Good morning, Monica. Thank you for jumping on this morning. God bless you. Listen, then a healthy body must also be worked out. Amen. 
So you can't just take in carbohydrates and calories and sugar and fat, but then don't work it out. And see, that's where we mess up. We're not healthy. We come in, we take, come on, feed me, Pastor Chair. Give me all this word. Oh, we ate good. Oh, that was a good word. But you don't go out and work it. You've got to work what God, work out what God has worked in you. So a healthy body must be pushed to challenge. You're saying, well, you know, that's too hard. You got to push to the challenge. When I ride my bike or if I'm walking, if I don't feel anything, it's not helping me. If it's not an inconvenience, it's not helping me. Sometimes I go up a hill and I say, oh man, that one was, that one was hard. I'm out of breath. That means I've been pushed to challenge. The third aspect of a body is that the healthy body must have parameters and guidelines. Let me say something to you. Now you can be fed and you can go out and work, but you must put a cap on how much work you do. You can't outburn yourself and hurt yourself by trying to be so healthy and so fit. So you must put guidelines. I know after 10 miles, I can't ride no more right now. I got, I got to work my way up to that. After that three mile walk, I got, I, I can't work no more. I got to work my way up to that. So are you tracking with what I'm saying? So let's see why these partnerships are so important to God. Here's one very powerful facet and meaning that we got, we got from scripture. And I want you to understand that it is vanity or it is emptiness to work hard to make a living and not have anyone to share it with. It is tomfoolery. It is meaningless. The word vanity means it holds no substance. It is emptiness. It seems that partnerships are important to God for this reason. And it is vanity to do all this work and not put yourself in the position to be able to share it with another. Now, let me give you the passage of scripture that speaks to this. And we're going to be in uh, Ecclesiastes 4, and we'll look at verses 7 through 12. But I want to show you how this vanity aspect comes into play. I just read it to you. Uh, I just made the statement, but I want to show you in scripture to back it up. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 and 8 says, again, I saw something. This is Solomon. This is Solomon saying, I saw something meaningless under the sun. And Ecclesiastes is in a book about all these things, revelatory things that he learned about being rich and wealthy and being a leader. He learned these things and he's sharing them. So he says, I saw something meaningless under the sun. And so then he says, he says in verse 8, he says, um, uh, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? He says, this too is meaningless. He says, doing all this work and I've got nothing to show for it in terms of sharing it with other people. He says, this is pointless. So the point of, uh, of this passage in verse seven and eight is that Solomon is pointing out 
another vanity he has learned in all of his days living with God, a.k.a. as the man who asked God for wisdom. So remember, Solomon was the one who asked God for wisdom. So he knows a thing or two and ultimately says it is vanity to work hard to make this living and not have anyone to share it with. Verse 8 then says there is one, the literal translation says there is one, not a second, even son or brother he has not and there is no end to work. So look at this now, you got nobody you're sharing, you're partnering with. But there is no end to your work. You will toil with labor continually and you won't be satisfied. Verse eight said he wasn't satisfied with the riches. Money will never satisfy you. He says, because I've come to learn what's better than watch this now. What's better than making money is enjoying others. Enjoy the money you've made. I like that. What's enjoyable is watching others enjoy the money I've made. Try to go on a trip by yourself all the time. Now you can do a getaway by yourself and that's fun. But there is nothing like taking the what hard earned money you made and going and enjoying yourself with other people. Why rent a yacht and it's just you on a big old yacht? You need some party people on there, amen? So there is joy in in uh, uh, partnering with people. So the Lexham English Bible says it like this. He says he laments. He says to himself, and I want you to, I want you to say this to yourself. Say this, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? In other words, for whom am I working this hard? Who am I working two, three jobs for and I don't have anything to show for it? Who, who am I doing this for? So he says, this is vanity. In other words, it is an unhappy business. It is an unhappy, it is a miserable business. That's what the, the uh, NIV says. He calls it a, a miserable business. So when we toil and serve God, we should be doing it for the enjoyment of doing it with and for others. Are you tracking? Business is no fun if you have no one to share it with. Serving God is no fun if you have no one to share his blessings with. So all of you lone rangers, Christians who are waiting on God to bless you and you alone, I'm telling you, that is not the business mantra that is not in the standard operating procedures of the heavenly kingdom. So now let me show you this. Let me show you uh, the passage of scripture in verse nine. That talks about two are better than one. The passage says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. So I want to show you this aspect. Leave it up on the screen. I want to share this with you that first of all, business is better when you have someone to qualify you for more. Business is better when you have someone to qualify you for more. Somebody say more. All right. Well, you can't get more. You have no partnership. <laughs> All right. So let me explain this. The, this. This text, I believe, is saying that business is better when you partner with someone who will qualify you for more. 
Have you ever gone to get credit somewhere? Have you gone to purchase a car and you need to be able to get credit? Watch this now. But your credit score is 342. That's too low. They ain't, they ain't giving you $5 with 340. Let's say you're in the 600s. Say you're in five or 600s. All right. You try to rent a car or you try to buy a car um, and they say, nah, we can't do it for you. But if you have a co-signer, oh, watch this now. If you try to do something with a partner who can qualify you for more, you can actually get more credit. Oh, don't miss this. This is powerful. I'm going to break this down for you. You can get more credit when you partner your life with people who can put you in a position to qualify for more. On your own, you have limitations. But when you partner with others, you can do more. When I said say more, you thought I was only talking about more coming to you. No, I mean more also in terms of what you can do. So the Bible says this in Proverbs, he says, he that finds a wife, watch this now, gains favor with God and man. Watch this now. So a partnership formed gains a greater level of favor with God and with man, which qualifies the two of them for more. Ah, you're going to miss this. What? I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about simply having a partnership qualifies you for more. I'm not talking about just the fact that you might have a two salaried income home, but I'm talking about, and I'm not even talking about the check. I'm talking about the status, the status of marriage, the status of a partnership establishes a status of greater favor, meaning you get greater credit. Oh, I need to pause. You get greater favor with who? With God and with man. That's what the Bible says. You look it up. There are remunerative advantages to partnering with others. It is to your benefit financially. So if more people are invested in the business, then banks are more likely to give you a loan. Isn't that common sense? If you've got multiple owners or multiple managers or people in the partnership who all have assets or collateral or make a certain amount of money, the bank is more than willing to loan to this business. Listen, this just means, watch this now, that when you have a partnership, they can go after more than one. Ah, but we will learn that a properly formed partnership provides protection to the individual. In other words, it protects you from uh, people coming to try to hurt you financially or legally. And that's what this message is all about. It's not living our lives solo. And when I say solo, I mean living it solo, S-O-L-O-W, we can never see the heights of heaven. <laughs> so you don't want to live your life solo, meaning that you're not reaching people, that you aren't manifesting God's best in your life, but that you operate with a partner that raises you up to a different level of being able to gain more. So let's look at the passage one more time. Let's look at verse nine again, where it says two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good return for their labor. Notice it didn't say an okay return, barely a return. It says you will have a good return. And this means two 
are better than one. So when you have two more than one, you get more of a return on your investment. So two are better than one. Why? Because there is a good reward. You have an ROI, which means return on investment, higher return on investment. Basically together, your income should be higher. Even if one, watch this now, I'm going to throw this at you, Cynthia. Listen, even if one person in the household is working, let's say one person in the household is working, you've got three mouths to feed. Watch this now. Even if one person is working, the one's income is believed to be higher simply because of the godly union they are in. You're going to miss it. In other words, it is an advantage of the family business to partner with people. In other, Listen, one person in the household making money has a status with God. In other words, God has to give the single individual who's working enough money to pay for to feed the three children and the spouse. Am I right about it? So you have this ability to understand there is a favor that comes on your life that allows God to do more for you because you have trusted your life in a partnership with someone else. Is anybody understanding? The Talmud says, and it's an ancient book, a man without a companion is like a left hand without the right. So let's see if this applies to our LLC, our different situations. And I think it does. If I were evaluating this scripture, I would say it definitely relates as partnerships produce more work and higher return. So it is to your advantage to establish an LLC, an LLP, an LP, or GP, or corporation, or something because it has the ability to give you greater return on your investment. Let's go to our next verse. Let's go to number 10. I got a chop chop. All right, so verse 10 says, for if either, here's our second advantage, for if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe, woe, woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. So we want to say woe to this individual who doesn't lift him up. So let's go to our second point. Our second point is business is better when you have someone to help you up from a fall, all right? Business is better when you have someone to help you up from a fall. The reality is, folks, we all fall. It will happen. But how do you move forward when you're injured? Ah, that's tricky. Partnering with others can enable you to continue in business even when you're hurt. Oh, watch this now. The benefit of having a deputy or an associate is that if I happen to be sick, I can ask the deputy director to run things and business doesn't stop. Ah, you're going to miss it. So partnering with others can enable you to continue in business even when you're hurt. So what I'm trying to get you to see is that when you partner with people in your life, your life as a single person doesn't keep stopping 
and starting. Stopping and starting. Come on, stopping and starting. Have you ever lived that roller coaster? God says, I have a way to enable your life to continue even when you have a falling. Ah, God, you're going to miss them. I was watching the finals in the NBA and they played a day and the player was injured and he couldn't walk to the locker room on his own and someone else ran and placed himself up under his arm to help him continue to move forward. God says, I have a church. I have a body that will continue to move on. You know that song, his truth is marching on. And I want you to understand this. I want you to understand this, Shanika. While people are falling every day, his church is still marching on. There are people falling to sin. There are people falling to stress. There are people falling to bankruptcy. There are people falling in all kinds of ways. But God said, because people are smart enough to establish the right partnerships, they can still move on the bit. God dog it. All I'm trying to say that ain't nobody going hungry while God is still alive, while his church remains. His church will continue to feed people even when there is an economic crisis in the United States. God's church will continue to be able to pray people to health and to be able to lift people up and be a blessing to people because the church has established bona fide righteous partnerships that even when the world is falling apart, the church is held together by the power Ah, God of a believing body. So did the team, did the team on the NBA stop playing because old boy went to the locker room? No, the ref said, he blew the whistle. I'm like, play ball. Why? Because there were more members on the team. Let me do that dance. Let me do that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Wait, wait. He said, there are more. They kept playing because the team was more than one. And if you don't hear anything today, I'm talking to people who think you're the only one who can do what you do. And you're the only one who can answer the questions. And you're the only one who knows how to do it. I'm telling you, you need to grow to the next level. I like that. I'd not go to the next level. You need to grow to the next level. That's the advantage of partnership and the business the business can keep going even in our times of injury and pain let me explain it to you look at this text one more time look at the text says for if either of them falls he says the one will lift up his companion but woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up now watch this if anyone happens to fall in distress in mind or in soul, a fall is a fall, baby. I don't care if it's a flu. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if you stressed out. I don't care if you have the, if the cycle of the month, you can't move. And I'm telling you, get them, you get them bad. I don't care what your issue is. A fall is a fall. In other words, you have been rendered immobile and falls are real. Do I have any real people out there who are going to say, I fall in sometimes? Why did you, what, listen, listen, have any of you ever fallen and you needed somebody to help you up? I can remember, I can remember calling a friend when I stayed in the bathtub too long and I over, I got dehydrated and I got out the tub and fell and I had to call a friend who lived nearby to be able to help me up because 
because I was unable to help myself and I had to call the nurse and I had to get help when I needed help. Why do you think they created the commercial? What's the commercial say? Help, I've fallen and I can't get up, right? So they create this button. What are they doing? To create a partnership with an organization to be able to respond to you when you fall. If you hear me, I know some of you think you're super saints. You're super saints out there saying, ain't nothing ever going to happen to me. Nothing going to ever happen to me. I'm telling you, as long as you stay saved, you're going to have a fall. And the fall is, I'm not talking about a trip. A trip is different from a fall. I'm talking about a fall where you fall and you are down. You need some partner in your life to help you up. And this speaks to immediate proximity. The text seems to suggest that if you fall down, there is a companion close enough. Come on, somebody. Somebody say close enough. Close enough to be able to help you. If one falls, the second knows about it and usually is closest to respond and has history and knowledge to know how to remedy much more expediently than a stranger or even the EMT or the doctors. I remember when I had kidney stone. Another time I fell. I'm telling you, I got a bunch of fallings, y'all. I'm telling you the decent ones. I had a kidney stone and I was, I mean, I was buckled over. I couldn't, I mean, a kidney stone. I felt like somebody was drilling a drill bit right through my soul. And here come joy. Here come joy running in there. Joy, they called, they called my wife. They said, well, well what's his, what's his medical history? Does he have any, joy was just ready. She rattled off. I know my wife. I know my husband. I know what's wrong with him. She said, come on. She said, well, Mrs. Smith, you want to ride in the ambulance? Cause we might need to, we want, oh, you want to follow it? Come on, follow in other words, she was able to get on the ground. She would not everybody could get on the ground where I was, but she was able to get on. Why? Because of her partnership with me. And I'm telling you, soon as I got in that ambulance, boy, I was praying. I was that Lord Jesus, please let this kidney stone pass. As soon as I prayed it, that baby said, boop, it went right on through some kind of way. I went to the hospital. All I'm saying is life will happen. Life will happen and you will fall and you need somebody close to you. So please hear me. Stop burning all your bridges. Stop telling everybody to go to hell. Stop telling everybody to kiss your butt and deuces. Tell people, you know what? We need each other. We may not get along. We may not agree on everything, but you all I got and I'm all you got. We the two neighbors on this corner. Ain't nobody else looking out for us, but let's be neighbors who disagree and when trouble comes, we will hold each other up. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Says, Listen, the text says, woe to him who is alone when he falls because no one is there to raise you up or to cause you to stand. Everyone needs someone to help them up after a fall. So how does this apply to an LLC? How does this apply to a, a corporation or a partnership? If I were evaluating the scripture, I would say it definitely relates to these partnerships because partnerships come with bylaws. They come with articles. They come with contracts. They come with agreements which delineate all its players and their roles and functionality. My wife and I have an agreement. We have an understanding. We have a partnership. We have bylaws and articles which mean she gets the money, I die, she signs or whatever, the doctor, the the do not release, resuscitate, DNR, whatever. In other words, all of these agreements are in place with an understanding that we are in a partnership. So when you establish an LLC, you establish who does what, you establish who has access to what,
what? And ain't no confusion. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Let's go to the next verse. I got to move on. Please, please, please. Stay. Is this helping you? Let me, if this is not helping you, just say no, and then I'll, I'll stop. That's not true. All right. Look at verse 11. He says, then furthermore, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. I'm, I'm telling you, this is juicy stuff. This is all saying, what are the advantages of having two being better than one? If you lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? So here's number three. Here's number three. Number three says, business is better when you have someone who helps to keep the fire lit. Woo, come on, come on, Juicy. Listen, business is better when you have someone who helps to keep the fire lit. A fire left unattended will die out. And as we read earlier, if someone just works and works and works and works alone, after a while, their fire will burn out. Have you ever known anybody or relative who works and they live by themselves and they don't call anybody and you have to check on them, but after six months you ain't heard nothing, you walk to their house and you see them dead on the floor. We don't want those kinds of experiences in the body of Christ. When you haven't seen somebody at church in three months or six months or a year, you ought to be knocking on their door or at least preceding it with phone calls. We don't want people dying on the floor because they've been burnt out. Nor do we want to be church leaders who ask people to keep working and working and working and working, but don't reward them or give them breaks and times of rest with their family. Yes, the church has to go on, but it's more people in the church than just you too. Hello? So fires have to be attended to if you want to keep them warm. You have to add wood. You have to shift the wood around. You have to watch it. I can tell you the voice to quit is loud often and you need partners around you to help you keep your fire burning when your flame is flickering on out. I'm not talking about a literal fire. I'm talking about the fire of passion, the warmth and the heat of life. Even Paul had to remind Timothy. He said, Timothy, stir up your gift, which literally means fan the flames to get it going again. (sighs) Blow on that thing. I'm telling somebody I came as your partner Pastor Cherry and I I'm blowing on your gift. I'm stirring it up and I'm saying fan the flame. Don't you dare quit, woman of God. Don't you dare quit, Omari. Don't you dare give up because you've had some challenges. Good business partners are those who will fan the flames of your passion and motivate you again to warmth. Somebody say warm me up. Let me explain. The text says again, furthermore, if two lie down together, they will keep warm but how can one be warm alone somebody say body heat body heat is there body heat in the church the body of Christ is a body right is there body heat in the Christ in the church or are you too sedate I don't want to sit by nobody I don't want to be close to 
to nobody. I want them church people knowing my business. I don't want to tell. Do you see what I'm saying? It's so practical. It's ridiculous. You lone rangers out there doing the business of your own, but you don't have any church friends. You have no church connection. You have no body heat, boo. And when your body heat is gone, you're going to get cold. You're going to be like chili, the chili penguin. Remember the cartoon? Warmth is the body of another warms you. You need somebody close enough to warm you. I like it when I sleep at night next to Joy because she makes me hot. Alone you grow cold. Many lonely people aren't very nice people. You know why? Because they real cold. And you ask them sometimes. You say, why are you so cold? Why are your attitude so cold? Because I'm lonely and I ain't got no partnerships. You preaching PC. It also has a reference to being in heat to mate. You can't procreate on your own. Hello, somebody. You talking about you going to do big things. You you have a vision. Oh, I'm going to build a big old empire. No, you're not. You can't procreate on your own. You need a little heat. Somebody say you need a little heat. You need a partnership to give you some procreation. You need, oh God, you need an egg to go with that seed. What is the use of wanting a child if you don't want the male to have the child with? Oh my God. You want to be married. In other words, you want all the accoutrements of being married, but you don't want, you still want to be single. That's a setup for a cold night in, in, in June. Yeah. The third Hebrew inference is to be hot with anger. Partnership stirs up anger. It applies, it implies that it's a good thing though. It implies that anger exists where there is companionship. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. And that the only valid emotion for the single person is love for themselves. Watch this now. In other words, there is. it, it suggests that anger is for partnership. For the single person, all you can do is love you. How can you be mad at yourself? You can't be mad at yourself. We shouldn't have anger toward ourselves. We should only have love. But if you've ever been in a serious relationship or married, you know your companion can cause anger and vice versa. But watch this now. The anger here. Oh, listen to this. Listen closely. The anger here, Danielle, is seen as a good thing. The Bible even says, be angry and what? Sin not. In other words, anger points out things that are wrong. It identifies as causes to fight against. Whenever you have a partnership and you argue, it pointing out things that are wrong. But most of us get stuck at the argument instead of taking what is exposed in the argument and saying, let's solve what has caused the argument. It actually fuels teamwork. A good argument should show the people arguing we've got something to do together. It is the impetus to a couple coming together to resolve what cannot be resolved alone. Remember I told you the single person cannot get that anger on their their own but in a couple or a partnership it is the impetus of showing that you cannot resolve problems on your own. So God says I know there's going to be problems in the church. I know you're not going to like deacon so and so. I know you're not going to like the pastor this week. I know you're not going to let the usher who didn't let you sit where you want to sit. That's good. Be angry. Woo! 
and sin not. Now, when you're through arguing, being mad, work it out. Come together as a team. Call a meeting. Sit down and talk about what has created the problem. So working on problems yourself might be the very reason you are not succeeding. You walk away from the arguing saying, well, I work on this. No, you can't work on the problem by yourself. It only works in resolution when you do it as a team. Why do you think we have board meetings? Why do you think we have conflict meetings? Why do you have meetings in crisis? Because we need all heads at the table to find out what's wrong so we can work it out. I hope I'm helping someone. How does this apply to an LLC? How does this apply? Am I in the book? Am I talking about? I'm just relating the scripture. Does this make any sense? Yes, it does. Because in an LLC, LP, LP, or GP, you have management decision-making sharing. In other words, you have ownership pollination. In other words, all the different owners in the partnership have pollination. And they exist to be able to create a team that brings together the greatest minds, the multiple minds to establish the decision-making sharing structure of making decisions for that business. It adds extra ideas and extra creativity to keep your business lit. Let's go to our final verse. I know you want me to stop. Just get out of here, PC. I know. Last verse. And if one, I'm telling this is juicy. It did you, it, If one can overpower him who is alone, if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. So our fourth admonition is business is better when you have someone to stand with you when others use their power against you. Business is better when you have someone to stand with you when others are standing against you. The truth is, boo, let me put this to you like this. The truth is, you against the world is not enough. It's not. The text shows you that you against the world is not enough. You can be overpowered. It will never work. The ability, listen to this, listen, Ben, The ability to stand when opposition comes is made possible by what you stand up against. Ah, Watch this now. In other words, if there's a force coming against you, you are only able to stand against that when you stand against something else. But if you have nothing or no partner to stand against, That thing that has power will roll you over. Are you tracking? I'm going to explain it in a second. The ability to stand is made possible when you have something to stand against. So when a great storm comes, have you seen a tornado tornado or a hurricane on TV and people survive? Watch this. Wow. When they tie themselves to a pole. God dog it. I'm about to run. I'm having a spizzle rinktum. When you tie yourself to something strong or sturdy enough to give them stability, they couldn't attain on their own. If you stand in 100 mile an hour wind with nothing to stand against, that wind is going to blow you away. 
but hook yourself to a pole that goes a hundred feet deep. That wind can blow and blow and blow. You ain't going nowhere because you've propped yourself up against something that is stronger than the power that's coming against you. So finding the right partners in life are like finding the right pillars to stand up against in times of great storms. It is to provide back-to-back coverage for the frontal assault and the back assault from all your enemies. I happened to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith this weekend uh, with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and in the final scene they were shooting one another with the, against the enemy but they had to go back to back. And while she was letting out rounds up here, he was letting out rounds back here. But back to back gave them stability to be able to handle a hit from the, God dog it, is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Let me get out of here. This is the last scripture. Let me show it. It says, and I, if one can overpower him, if one can overpower him who is alone, that's you, one solo, single independent person who do it all by yourself. If you can be overpowered, he says, two can resist him. Somebody say, I need help. <laughs> Woo, the storms are raging. <laughs> Doesn't the song say that your that your soul needs to be where? Anchored where? In the Lord so the storm does blow you away. Watch this now. The text also says a cord of three strands is not quickly torn. In other words, the more wrapped up you are, the less likely you are to be torn apart. In other words, the text says, if one be overpowered, that verb, that word for overpower is really prevail. It means prevail means to come to power before the other. Pre meaning before, valer meaning to have power. In other words, you're doing your business and somebody reaches their peak of power before you do. I remember having a fight one time, go God bless, have mercy. And I happened to hit the guy first and he got knocked out. Watch this now, which all that means is that I came to power before he did. He could have probably, he could have knocked me out, but I came to power Ah, watch this now. So listen, if someone comes to power before you and begins to gain the edge on your efforts to accomplish your goals, the Bible says two of you can stand up against whatever is coming against you. The Bible says a partnership gives you the ability to resist your opposer. In other words, why? Because a threefold cord is not easily broken. When you fortify yourself, now nah, God, I gotta tell this story again. And <laughs> I was at Fatburger on La Cienega and I was about to have a fight because some guy said I was at the Fatburger with his girlfriend. I told him she came with me, bro. I didn't know she had a boyfriend, but I got out of the situation because one of my homeboys also walked over there and showed to the bro that I wasn't there by myself. Sometimes, don't you know that security guards?
guards, even without weapons, just establishing presence helps to deter opposite. God dog it. I'm telling you, you keep walking in the meeting by yourself. I'm telling you, you keep walking in the argument by yourself. You got it wrong, boo. You got to take a partner with you. You got to tell, well, I don't know nobody right now. Well, you got the partner of the Holy Ghost. You got the partner of his angels, Michael and Gabriel. You got the partnership of Jesus Christ himself. You've got partnership. Walk into the job interview with your partners. Walk into the deal that you want to see done with your partners and show them I am not alone that when the forces of the enemy seek to come to overtake you, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord raises a standard when the enemy comes in like a flood. That's the Bible. And when you get dog, in other words, the Holy Ghost says, I'm a partner with you to keep you from being flooded. New York subways was flooded this weekend. They had water where you couldn't even walk down the stairs to get on the metro. I'm telling you, when life rises up to your hilt, the Holy Ghost will partner with you and say, I got a bucket. Let's start scooping some water. Come on, somebody. So the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, the more threads you add to cable, the stronger it becomes and the less likely it is to break. And so don't you know that's the importance of sheet threads? Sheet threads. Oh, God. I mean, what's the thread count? In other words, how many times have we wrapped this fabric? How many times when they lay a cable, when they lay a fiber out there for electricity or for power, the the more times you wrap it or the more times you coil it, the more strength it has from being broken or torn apart. So the more people you add to your life, the stronger you become. A threefold cord can mean to do something three times and it strengthens it. In other words, whenever you do something well enough and long enough, you get better at it and you get strengthened at it. What's her name? Osaka, uh, who plays tennis. Naomi Osaka, I guarantee you she's a bad system. But she didn't just start playing tennis yesterday. She's been working at it. She's been, how about the little girl, the spelling bee, the first African-American little girl who won the spelling bee? She was working at it. How about the poet who spoke on the inauguration day? She been, I'm telling you how many times she go over that poetry before she stood before the mic. I'm telling you, the more you work, God dog it, I wish somebody was listening to me wrapping something with a rubber band. Have you ever put a rubber band on something? It ain't strong enough. What do you do? Wrap it again. Oh, you put it on there, God, wrap it again. Hallelujah. Somebody say, you know, when your marriage, when you get another year, it gets stronger. You shouldn't be at 30 years and getting weaker. You should be at 30 years and you harder to break. I want to tell the devil right now for somebody, we are harder to break now sucker because we've done another 10 years we've done another 15 years in other words the more we work I feel like throwing up my nubs come on let me bob and weave here and there every year of your business every year of your Christian service should get stronger standing when you're attacked by outsiders every outside attack should not drop you into depression you ought to be stronger now you've been saved for 30 years? Why somebody looked at you funny? They don't like me. And you cry and can't come to church. Get up out that bed. Show up before
before God and say, say what you want. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh, okay, that's an old cliche. How about this one? No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And every lying tongue that comes against me, God shall condemn. When the individual is isolated, that's when they are easily broken. When you're all by yourself, that's when you start breaking apart. So the enemy tries to separate spouses. The enemy tries to separate co-workers and children. The enemy tries to separate believers from church. I don't need no church. Watch you get broke. Watch you get broke. Because the enemy knows that anything bound together by the power of God cannot be overtaken. Anything bound together by the power of God cannot be overtaken. Why do you think we say at the marriage, uh, let what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder? In other words, when God puts it together, it is not likely that anybody can take it apart. Matthew 16, 18 says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's that word prevail. In other words, the gates of hell will not come to power before you reach your power. In other words, you will sock him before he socks. Oh. In other words, the tighter your unity and connection, the thicker your cord and less likelihood to break. And if I were evaluating the scripture, I would say it definitely relates in that the LLC provides, watch this, liability protection of assets. In other words, when people try to come at your assets, when they try to take your home, your personal home, your personal car, the corporation, the LLC protects you. In other words, God says, I will not allow the enemy to destroy your personal life while you're trying to serve me. God dog it. I'm trying to show you that God says, if you partner with me, if you partner with the church, if you partner with other godly believers, I will establish the protection you need in your personal life so you won't lose everything you worked hard to gain. That's what a corporation does. People start corporations to protect their, their ownership. A person, the, the, they don't want liability. The corporation I lead, I'm not responsible for the, the assets. That's why we have uh, articles and bylaws to say what happens to the assets and what happens when the, when the, the uh, corporation dissolves. I'm not personally responsible. So my conclusion is this. And I thank you for hanging with me. I know that it's been a long trek, but I know that it's been worth it. Some of us need a message like this. This is my conclusion. And I say to you today, no one should want to face life alone after today's sermon. No one should want to face life alone after today's sermon. There are plenty of other scriptures in support of this principle, y'all. 1 Corinthians 12, you can look it up, clearly says, we are one body, but we have many members. In other words, my fingers have to work with my hand, my hand has to work with my arm, my knee, bless God, what little bit is left of it has to work with my ankles and my legs. It's one body, but we have many members. And we have to learn how to partner together. When I'm running, well, walking, my body has to work together. We as a church have to learn to work together. Please don't come online and say, I'm coming to get my word and that's all I'm in. No, 
You're online with Jennifer. You're online with Danielle. You're online with Ben. You're online with Shauna. You're online with Joy. You're online with Monica. You're online with Princess. You're online with Alice. You're online with all of us who are online right now. We are working together as of the body of Christ. And together we are partnered for our best benefit and protection as individuals. This is why the Bible says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of the brethren. You need to come together because partnerships protect you. Well, I can listen to the radio by myself. You're not protected. Well, I can just listen to the sermon. You're not protected. The church is a covering. Your pastor is a covering. Your godly friends are your partners. And so Genesis 2.18 says, it's not good for a man to be alone. Even God said it. Why do you think the Bible is built on marriages? It's built on marriages. It started with Adam and Eve. It's built on relationships. It started with partnership. Good partnerships are responsible for good communities. Good communities for good cities. Good cities, good states. Good states, good nations. Good nations, good world. It starts with partnerships. Even God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Even he's not up there talking about, it's just me. He said, no, I'm the Father, I'm the Son, and I'm the Holy Spirit, but we are one. Now, if Jesus ain't flying solo, why do you think you can? When Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out in twos. He said, don't go out there by yourself. And I want you, I want you to stop going into relationships by yourself. Tell your friends, tell your family who you're dating. Tell them where you're going. You're going to Palm Springs, you're going out of town, give them a number. Tell them where you're at. Because this psycho stuff that's going on nowadays, you don't want to come up missing, boo. And I tell people all the time, we have done it as pastors and deacons. We have had some situations where we went over to people's house and we was like, look, get, get your stuff. You want to come with us? Get in the car. We'll take you somewhere. We have to be the church. And that means we come out of the pulpit and we'll come get you. If old boy is beating on you or, you, or old girl is beating on you, call us. Call the deacons. <laughs> Omari, Omari, come on. <laughs> Little brother, you <laughs> My point is, the family business is here to partner with you in your service to God. This is the design of our Heavenly Father. He doesn't want you to do it alone. Even Jesus stepped on earth and said, give me 12. He picked 12. Who's in your partnership? Who's in your life to do these things, this, those four things? I hope you go back. I hope you took a picture of them. I hope you listen to this message. I'll leave it up for a day where you can go back. You look at those four things. This is the benefit of two are better than one. So today I encourage you to pray that God will lead you to the right partnerships in life that will maximize his praise and glory through you. I'm PC. And that's all I've got.